You're listening to Leafs Lunch with Julia Tusheri and Michael DeStefano on TSN 1050. The Leafs live here. Welcome in. Leafs Lunch on TSN 1050. Julia Tesheria and Mike DiStefano with you right now. We're going to have Greg Moore join us in the next few minutes here, head coach of the Toronto Marlies, to get a little update on what's going on in the minors right now. Shana Goldman will join us a little bit later to go around the league uh, and chat about what's going on in the NHL. And it was another fun night in the NHL last night, AB. We got the McKinnon-Crosby matchup that went all the way to overtime. What else stood out to you last night in the NHL? What was exciting in uh, AB's Tampa world? Tampa took another loss last night. That's which exciting. Which is nice to see from uh, a Leafs perspective. I think they've fallen behind the Leafs now because they, they had a couple games in hand. Like they were In terms of points, the Leafs, I think, were five up on them heading into the All-Star break. But Tampa had four games in hand, but now they've stumbled out of the gate. Two straight losses. There's that big loss, 7-1 to Florida, and then uh, losing 4-3 last night to the San Jose Sharks. That's not a team you want to lose to. No, not not ideally. Uh, oh, Tampa was such an interesting squad to me because I, I'm never going to ever doubt them. Remember they went on that schneid a little bit last year as yeah. well? Yes. Um, so you, you can never doubt Tampa, but yeah, they did take the elegant last night. Uh, but right now we have someone who's not been taken out. Team's been doing great this year. Greg Moore, head coach of the Toronto Marlies. Greg, how's it going? Good. How are you doing today? We're doing good. We're good. We're good. We're just starting off here today. Uh, AHL All-Star just finishing. Joseph Wall took home the top goaltender award. Logan Shaw led the way for the North. Uh, looked like a really fun time. Like the AHL All-Star game looked more like the players looked a lot more engaged than the actual NHL All-Star game. What were the highlights for you? Yeah, it was a really fun couple of days. I was really impressed with the city of Laval and uh, the production team and everybody there that put on the events along with the the AHL. Uh, It surpassed my expectations. The, The environment and the atmosphere was incredible. The fans were really into both events. Uh, it was fun to watch the players as, uh, three-on-three tournaments started. They kind of got out there, easing their way in, having fun. And then as the games went on and it got more competitive, you could tell that they really wanted to win. So, you know, you guys are having a really great season with the Marlies this year after, you know, just missing out on the playoffs a season ago, but firmly in top spot in the North Division. I'm curious what to you has kind of been the biggest difference this season that's led to all this success? Well, there's certainly been some changes. Uh, there are some key players that were brought in. Uh, one that was brought back, and Joseph Landuzzi, mm. our, our, one of our assistant captains, uh, he's been a great leader for us this year. The signing of uh, Logan Shaw, uh, our captain, he's been incredible from day one that he stepped into our organization. Uh, he's had a real, uh, real good mindset and objective to what he was trying to accomplish, and build relationships and set a high standard and he has elevated all the leadership uh, in and around him. Uh, obviously Ryan Hardy, our general manager, has done an incredible job of helping support all of our departments and the staff and the players and, and help us build a, a really strong culture that we had, uh, you know, thought we did a better job with last year and, and built even further into, into this season. And we just have a really great group of players who are competitive. They're showing up every day, pushing each other to get better. And, uh, you know, they're, they're focused on their process and, and, you know, the potential of getting better throughout the season. And they've done a great job with it. 
Yeah, well, I, I find it interesting because you look at that team, and, and it's a really good mix of youth, like developmental prospects who are trying to make their way into professional hockey, but also some some veterans that are pulling their weight as well and doing some good things. You noted, you know, Joseph Landizi. Obviously, we've had guys like Joey Anderson, Adam Gaudet is another player, Logan Shaw, as you mentioned. But there's a lot of uh, younger players that are on the team as well, trying to develop and, and learn the game at the pro level. I'm curious, as, as a coach, um, in the American Hockey League, like how do you how do you find the balance between making sure that those younger guys develop those proper habits and and also you know making sure that the vets get their due as well? Like you talked about Joseph Landis and how he's playing. Like how do you balance making sure that he gets what he's due, but also making sure a guy like maybe SDA or um, or maybe a Pontus Holmberg or someone like that also is doing what they need to do to equip them to be a better pro. It's certainly a juggle. I think mean, throughout the season, it, it changes. Uh, you know, the dynamics of the team changes. The year goes on. Players uh, come and go in and out of the lineup. Uh, players go uh, through stretches where they're playing really well and stretches where they're struggling a bit. So day to day, week to week, you're always readjusting, um, you know, having conversations and making sure that you're getting the best out of everybody. Uh, but you know, at the same time, we're a development uh, system for the for the Leafs, and we want to make sure that we're doing right. And uh, by the players that uh, you know are young and they're developing, there's a lot of potential. We have a lot of guys that uh, you know are knocking on the door of, of playing in the NHL, and even a few guys that two three years down the road uh, definitely have a chance to play at that level. So. Uh, it's definitely a hard task to make sure that everybody's uh, happy and moving in the right direction and pulling the rope uh, all together, but uh, it really is because of the quality of people that we have in the room, regardless if they're younger or even uh, someone you left off the list there, Kyle Clifford, uh, another veteran guy in our team who's been an amazing presence for us. Uh, obviously, a couple Stanley Cups and has done it before, so uh, you know we have a lot of great people and, and everyone's doing a good job at um, understanding the dynamics and, and pitching in and, and accepting the role that they're in uh, when they're there. Well, I'm curious how much communication there's had between, I guess, you know, the the American League squad. So I guess I guess it would be like Dubas and Hardy, and then how that information gets relayed to you about how that all kind of is, is supposed to work out. Yeah, obviously Kyle and, and Ryan have a, a close communications and what they're managing and what their objectives are and what they want to do. Uh, at the end of the day, I get told uh, who my players are and, and what the roster is, and, and Hardy and I have a lot of communication, obviously, with uh, objectives of individual players and the, the future plans. So, um, you know, it, it's all good. We're, we're all in line with what we're doing and what we're trying to do, and um, it's been really positive. We're with Greg Moore right now, head coach of the Toronto Marlies, and you were just talking about development. And what about your own personal development? You came into the AHL as head coach of the Marlies uh, at, at one of the craziest times in the history of hockey, in that crazy COVID season and the couple that ensued after. How have you developed over the last three, four seasons uh, yourself as a coach? Uh, yeah, it's a great question. That's something that I, I look back on a lot and think through. Uh, coming in in that first half season, uh, you know, I'd only been a head coach for a year and a half, so there was there was a lot of room for growth for myself personally <laughs> in a lot of areas. Uh, then there was the managing of figuring out the differences between junior and pro, and uh, how to practice different, uh, you know, the the tactics and the 
the physical structure of our team plan and, and how that changes from a junior level to a pro level. Uh, just talking with, building relationships with the grown men rather than uh, what is typically teenagers. Uh, so there's there's been a lot of experience that I've gained over the last few years here. And, um, you know, I think time and experience is really your best tool as long as you're going through a good process of reassessing and evaluating how you're doing and asking the right questions and just pushing to get better every day. With Greg Moore right now, head coach of the Toronto Marlies. Uh, what else this season? What's Oh, that's what I was going to say. I lost my train of thought for a moment, I have to be honest. How often do you lean on your career in the AHL as a player right now as a head coach? Well, that's certainly part of it. Uh, I was fortunate to play five years in the American League, and you know I had the experience of being a rookie. I had the experience of kind of being that player in the middle ground who's looking for the call-ups and still trying to make it to the NHL. And then I finished uh, my last year as a veteran uh, there to specifically be an American League player to help uh, build a culture and help the young players develop and get better. So I've, I've been through all the tiers of basically what you do have for players in your room. And um, I think it makes it easier for when you're talking to these guys, especially from an individual standpoint of where they're at and having lived it, lived it and been in their shoes before to, to help kind of, um, you know, guide them through the struggles that, that they might be going through or uh, just the different experiences that they're they're having at this level. So it, it definitely helps me a lot as I uh, get through the season and, and think about how to how to talk to these guys and, and keep them moving in the right direction. Well, at the end of last season, Kyle Dubas came out and, and kind of challenged some of the guys who were, who were you know, in the American League, who were on the doorstep but hadn't quite you know, punched their ticket into the show yet on a regular basis. But this season, there's been a lot of success of guys coming up from the Marlies and playing really well and, and, and making a case to stick around with the big club. Um, how much pride do you take in getting these guys NHL ready and then seeing them succeed up at the next level? Well, we certainly get excited for them. Uh, you know, we get to know them on a real personal level here, and obviously all their dreams and goals and aspirations are to play in the NHL. So when they get that call and that opportunity, uh, I know for myself I'm glued on the TV watching and cheering them on. It's almost like watching your kids go out in the world and <laughs> try and make something of themselves. Um, you know, we, we work really hard at what we do. We spend a lot of hours at the rink uh, and with these guys, and it's really exciting to be a part of a small piece of their process to help get them ready for uh, what could be an NHL career. I'm curious what the best reaction that you've received when you kind of sitting down with a player and letting them know. Like sometimes you see it, uh, it, it goes viral, a, a moment where a player's, a coach is telling the player like, hey, you're getting the call up to the show, book your ticket, you're going, and there's a great reaction. Is there a story uh, at some point over the, over the last few seasons where a player has really had a, a terrific moment with you that you'd like to share? Yeah, one that sticks out uh, is with SDA, who got his first game in this year. Uh, Ryan Hardy had reached out to me and asked me to, he, he was on the road and asked me to pull him after the game to let him know that he was going up um, without any real uh, knowledge or knowing if he was going to play, but just he was his first NHL call-up. So I had pulled him into the office, and this was a player that I've had for a couple of years now, and uh, probably at this point, the the player I've spent the most time with um, over the course of my, my role here with the Marlies and to be able to deliver that news to him um, 
was a pretty special moment. We both had a little bit of, of a cry together and hugged each other, more of an excitement. And, um, you know, you, you get really, uh, I wouldn't say the word attached, but, you know, you build strong relationships with these players. Yeah. And, uh, these are big moments for them when they hear that news for the first time that they're going up to the NHL. And uh, that was a real special moment for me that I got to share with SBA. Yeah, so great. Uh, well, it won't be his first time, but Joseph Wall's probably going to get a sniff here in the next week or so with Leafs back-to-back this weekend, and he's having an excellent campaign so far. What do you think has led to those great numbers this year? It's a really good question. Uh, I mean, I've seen him now for a few years since I've been here, and, uh, you know, he started the year with that injury, and he didn't have training camp, and he didn't start the season on time as he was rehabbing, and uh, getting himself healthy to come back and play. And I could not have been more impressed with how strong, confident, and poised he looked in his first game and right through the season to this point. Uh, it, you know, he's been really working at his game, uh, being more in control and more calm and uh, more patient. Uh, he's an extremely athletic uh, goalie. He's very explosive. He can do a lot of things that other people can't do in that position. And early, a couple of years ago, he'd rely on that athleticism to make his saves. Now he's more in control. He has a great system in place. Hanu uh, Toivonen is doing an amazing job with him. And now he only uses that athleticism to bail himself out or make the big save that's needed. Uh, so you can see the maturity in his game this year, and it's really impressive. And it also uh, goes to the hard work that he puts in, even when he's injured, to become back and not have to take time to find his game again. It was from day one. He was ready to go. Uh, in conversation with Greg Moore, the head coach of the AHL Toronto Marlies. And, you know, Joe Wall is one who's come up, and we saw him last year, had a cup of coffee in the NHL, got a shutout. That was pretty sweet to see that in the Coliseum last season. And then we've seen a lot of forwards that we talked about who've broken through. I'm curious, uh, Greg, I know we saw Hollowell get a little bit of a sniff this season, but are there any other defensemen that might be turning heads on the Marlies this year that you think could make the jump in the next year or two that Leaf fans might want to remember their name? Yeah, the, Phil Crawl had his first game earlier this season and unfortunately has battled with some injuries as of late. But I think for the next year or two, uh, that's another defenseman that you should really keep an eye out for. Um, really impressive ability to skate and make plays with the puck. Uh, and, and he's physically getting bigger and stronger. The last two summers that I've seen him come back uh, in training camp, it's like a noticeable difference of how much muscle he's been putting on. So you can tell how hard he works and uh, I think he, he has potential to pop in the next year or two. The Leafs organization is one of the more impressive around the NHL with the way that they use their ECHL team, their AHL team, all the way up to their NHL team. It's like that full development system. What about just the Leafs organization in general popped to you the most when you first came in as part of it? Uh, just the the incredible amount of resources that every every department has here to be able to do their job to the best of their ability, uh, and then the second thing would be just how impressive all the people are that are hired here and um, hardworking, smart, uh, just really good culture everywhere you go, and everybody's willing to chip in and help each other out, and um, just really impressed with the, the quality of people that are hired within this organization. Well, Greg, really appreciate you taking the time. You've had an outstanding first half of the season, and uh, you get the second half of your season started up on Friday. So good luck again, Charlotte, and good luck the rest of the way. Thank you so much for joining us.
Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, anytime. Anytime. There he goes. Greg Moore, AHL Toronto Marlies head coach. Love it. Yeah. Two good questions, by the way. I know. Twice. Sometimes I get shy when that happens, A.B. Like, you look at me and you look for me to dab, and I'm like, I don't know if it felt like fully deserved. That one wasn't that good. (laughs) I thought you had a couple of great questions, and and obviously so did Greg Moore. Um, I I like the, the, you know, acknowledgement of the three-tier system that you brought up there at the end there. The fact that we have guys, you know, the Maple Leafs have guys coming from the ECHL to the AHL, and then eventually they're making their their mark yeah. in the NHL. Like I think Bobby McMahon started out as, as as an East Coast guy. Some teams and some organizations just look at their East Coast team as as more of like um, overflow almost the of island like, of misfit toy. Yeah. Like don't even really acknowledge their ECHL team as a viable place to send right. a prospect that you think could turn into something, whereas the Leafs see it as a legitimate development ground. Yes. Lots of teams in the league just look at their East Coast team, like sign a whole bunch of goons to ECHL <laughs> contracts, and they'll go on on like that's uh, they'll go yeah. on unemployment in the summer, and like that's the way of the world. Like lots of guys in the East Coast and the Leafs organization specifically are at least on AHL deals, right? Like not just straight East Coast oh, deals, absolutely, which is, same, which is different than than a lot of organizations. So yeah. it, it is impressive to to me, like you said the way they actually have a legitimate three-tier development system. Yeah, like, and I think that it, it shows. And, and I, I wish we, uh, I wish I asked this one question, actually. I'm curious as to, you know, when we're talking about Joe Wall, it popped in my head, and then we kind of went to a different direction. But if he's noticed the difference in, because, you know, Joe Wall's having a career year, I guess, well, for his minor league career, I guess, young career. But yeah. he's having a great season. Um, after an up and down couple of seasons, and and I'm curious, and he brought up Ani Toivonen, and I'm curious as to how much he's noticed maybe the because remember they brought in the the new goalie department right this, this year like that's a completely new thing, and they have goalie department that works with all three levels the NHL, the AHL, and I believe the East Coast has some some uh, you know some goaltending help down there as well. If that maybe points to some of the success we've seen from Joe Wall, that they're getting a little bit more pointed, um, you know, help with that development process. Yeah, and then of course with Joseph Wall, like it doesn't help that that team is doing really well this year, right? Oh, yeah. In front they're of him, playing spectacular hockey out there. So like the the Marlies and, and Greg Morris, you know, he's, he's coaching his ass off. He's got them in position, like they're up comfortably first place in the North Division. Comfortably. I think so. They're like 11 points up on, on the next best team. Like, the, this is a team that's going to win the division, and they're going to compete. And, and, like, we saw what this team did last time they, they went on a championship run, right? Like, Sheldon Keefe brought this this team, this city, a championship. People forget about it because it was in the Marlies and it was in the Miners. But, like, think about the guys who were on that run that it turned out to have some a successful NHL career with the Leafs. Justin Hall was on that team. Yeah. Pierre Engvall was on that team. Like, there were some really solid players that went down and, and played some prominent roles. So, I think success with the with the American League and having success, and I know that, you know, Joey Anderson's another guy who's kind of spent a lot of time down there. He's up at the big club right now. But even if he does go back down to the Marlies and he has a good season, you know, guys like that could factor into the future of this team. You know, there's a lot of... Lots of UFAs this upcoming summer. Lots of them. There's going to be lots of jobs available next year. And I think that Toronto would like for a lot of those options to come internally. Like guys like Bobby McMahon, guys like Joey Anderson, the dudes. Pontus Holmberg. You're, yeah, your dudes all have an opportunity next season to 
really make themselves a solidified piece of the main roster. And it really starts from the development that they all accrued when they were in, 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 the, in the system, whether it was with the East Coast League out in Newfoundland with the Growlers, yeah. and more importantly with the, the AHL squad under Greg Moore. Yeah, this team is actually changing. I'm just looking at that championship roster from 18, like Justin Hall. Yeah. Um, but a lot Sandine of Sandine there? Um, Maybe not. I think he's with me. He's probably with Sue at that point. Yeah, no Sandine. Like, not as many guys as I actually thought. Time moves fast, AB, much faster than I estimated. Lilligren is here. Like, lots of those guys. Lots of those, like, core Marley guys that. Uh, like Travis Dermott, Shoshnikov, Shosh- remember him? Oh, Nikita Shoshnikov. Yeah, one of the Nikitas when the Leafs had like a million Nikitas. He got signed to like an AHL deal. No, he, I think he may, may have signed. Maybe it was, a, yeah, he was with the Islanders for a little bit. I saw his name pop up in preseason. I don't think he San made a team. So maybe it was a, a PTO or something like that. Yeah, he was with Bridgeport at the beginning of the year. Now it looks like he went to the KHL. Yeah. Shout out to Shoshnikov. Gunstrom. I remember Nikita Soshnikov. Nielsen. Babcock loved that guy. Oh, yes. Soshnikov. Yeah. Thought he was the best. Because like, that was a time where like, Janssen, Kapanen, Hyman all came up kind of that season. And he loved Soshnikov the best out of all of them. Oh, that is funny. And he's... Okay, wait. I'm finding... I just put in Babcock, Soshnikov from March 3rd. 2016. Jonas Siegel says, Babcock on Shoshnikov last night. I loved him. Six finished checks. Pissed people off. I thought he was great. <laughs> Classic Babs. Classic Babs. He did grow to really love Zach Hyman. Uh, Babcock thinks, okay, this is fun. We should look up 2016 Mike Babcock quotes from postgame more often. Okay. This one is also from Jonas Siegel. March 9th, 2016. Babcock thinks Leafs have keepers in Hyman slash Shoshnikov. They're just too good and too hard and too fast and too much work work ethic. He was right about one of them. He was right about one of them. Zach Hyman has like 60-something points right now. I'm pretty sure he'd be leading the uh, the Maple Leafs if he was here in points. There are so many. Like All I did was put in Shoshnikov, Babcock, and there are so many glowing okay, quotes. Wh- November 2016, <laughs> I thought he was outstanding. Mean. Babcock on Shoshnikov tonight. That's from our buddy Scott Wheeler. And like, how many minutes did he play? He was like a third, fourth line grinder. How did I not remember this phenomenon? I remember Mike Babcock loved Mike Nikita Babcock Shoshnikov. on Nikita Shoshnikov. We want him to be a Leaf for a long time. Yeah, didn't happen. <laughs> Where, who did he get traded for? I think, he, he, I think they traded him to. I don't know. Uh, St. Louis, maybe. San it was St. Louis, and he went immediately to the minors. Um, let's find out. I think they, they traded him for like I don't know, maybe a fourth round pick or something like that, if if I remember correctly. It wasn't for anything, I don't think, of, of substance, if I could recall. But yeah, I do yeah, remember Mike Babcock was in exchange for a draft pick. Yeah. yeah, I think it was like a fourth or a fifth Fourth or round pick to the Blues. Yeah, there it is. Right. There it is. Well, maybe we can look up some more stuff uh, if you want over the break and we can this talk about it on the other side. This is such a fun maybe. exercise. <laughs> it is fun. Like, it is fun to look back, especially like Wait. in a week like this where there's not much going on. Look at back because I always say this too. Like Mike Babcock. If he was the coach of the Leafs today, this is the way that he would want them playing. Like, they're committed to playing the 200-foot hockey that Babs always wanted them to, but the team never just did it for him back when he was the head coach. Right. Right? They were, like, all gas, yeah. no breaks back when he was the coach. It was a different team. They were younger, different personnel. Like, yeah. and they, at that point... Well, this is where we see the, the, the you know, progression of these 
these players and like the evolution of maturity, if you, you will. <laughs> That's you. what you were looking for. That's right? what I, I was know looking it. for. The evolution <laughs> of maturity. Like and that was the big buzz phrase that was used by John, John Tavares. But when you look at this team, and I think the the number one player that I point to that you can look as as a team that really is starting to figure things out and they are starting to evolve and mature is William Nylander. Like that yeah. guy in particular I look at and I'm like, okay, he's he's a matured player now. Like that he is a fine wine who's been sitting in a cask for many, many years. He is a matured player at this point in his career and he's figured things out and he realized I, I gotta bring my A game ninety percent of these games, not only sixty four percent like it was the past couple seasons. Like he was a dude who went on stretches where it was pretty cold. This season, I mean he's been rock solid pretty much from from start till all star break. Yeah. Still a shame that he wasn't at the All-Star game. I agree. Can I uh, send us to break? On Well, you can send us to break. But before we do that, I'm going to read this James Myrtle tweet from November 2018. And then we'll continue on with our day. Okay. Babcock. I thought it was Gardner's best game tonight. Maybe of the year. <laughs> oh, God. Zaitsev is always steady for us. Obviously, our top four does a real good job for us that way. And with that, we're going to appreciate what we have right now. We're all going to say, <laughs> have a moment of thanks and and gratitude and we'll continue on with our day after we let those words marinate on yeah, us jake gardner and nikita Zaitsev, <laughs> solid top four defenders back in the year always steady for us boy did that he had to be quick. being sarcastic it was me there was sarcasm in there so. well i think it's just coach speak yeah you know they just they have to say things like that they really just have to. Uh, fun show. We got Shana Goldman who's going to come up in the next uh, next hour. It's Wednesday, so we got Word we, Association we. Wednesday, and uh, let's go around the league. Some stuff that we talked about last night, and uh, especially in the NBA, massive, massive milestone. LeBron James, the king of scoring. Nobody on planet Earth has scored more points than that. I was going to call it the National Basketball League. <laughs> But it's not the National Basketball Association. It's an association. Thank King James. Uh, I'm Mike DeStefano with Jewett Tashiri. Leafs Lunch continues on TSN 1050. Bad news has done it again. Now, back to Leafs Lunch on TSN 1050. The Leafs live here. Just keep it safe. Westbrook with it. Give it to LeBron at the right elbow. LeBron, one-on-one against Kenrick Williams, backing him in, turns, shoots, scores! There it is! Oh, hail the new king in town! Young and old, gather round from one iconic Laker to another! Get out of your vehicle lease ASAP. Over 200,000 customers per month looking to take over your lease. What a relief. Go to Leasebusters. Dot com Leafs lunch on TSN 1050, but we'll have a moment to be LeBron lunch. But nothing on that one. Um, yeah. yeah, it was it was a soft one. Thank you. Could have been better. Thank you. Could have been better. And that was just off the top of my head. Okay. Um, <laughs> all-time scoring leader in the NBA, the yeah. National Basketball League or association, association, depending on who you're asking. Yes. Um, what did you think of the moment in general? It was cool. Like I flipped on my, I, I, I was keeping an eye on. I was it. curious. That's what I was gonna ask. Like, did you? Like, I was keeping an eye on it on, all night, and then when I saw he was close, we we threw it on. We were watching. Uh, we were watching Penn's abs, and then we threw that on, and then we went over to the other. Anyways, it, it was an exciting moment. I was very curious to see with what are 10 seconds left in the quarter if they were going to just wait the 10 seconds. No. Nope, they no. did not do that. It was it was so chaotic and very NBA, very LeBron, very like 
it, it, I was thinking of it. That my brain works in hockey, so the whole time I'm thinking about it in hockey terms. At, at the notion of anyone ever, because they do that sometimes. If, if there's a big celebration, we've learned that you have to ask the league for permission if you're gonna. The whole oh team's yeah, gonna like clear the, the thousand point thing. Now everybody clears the bench when someone hits a thousand points. Who yeah. are we talking to? Who told us that? I don't remember, but yeah, they're like, yeah, you literally have to ask the bet and be like, hey, look, if they reach a milestone, let's can you not give us a leaving the bench minor because we're doing it for yeah, a good reason. Yeah, like you have to warn them. I, yeah. I, I, I don't know. What did you think of the entire celebration? How like, like I, it's very sequence? NBA. Like, it's very NBA, yeah. right? Like, they they celebrate their their history, they celebrate their players, their stars, the way they market it. Like, the game can wait. All right, we need to recognize something amazing that has happened here, and the whole world needs to know how big it is. Right. Yeah. And that that's why the NBA and the NFL and all these like that's why they have success. Like I remember when Drew Brees, same thing in the NFL, when when he broke the tall time touchdown record, um, they they stopped the, the the game or the no, the passing yards record. It was. They literally stopped the game. Yeah. They stopped the game and they, they let him have his moment. They grabbed the ball and he had his family out there and, and it was it was great, a little moment and then you know, you get back to the game afterwards. But they make you celebrate, stop there. And like to bring this back to hockey, I'm not confident that that really would happen in, in hockey. Like I don't know if they would want that. Um, and if they do do it, if the player themselves are going to treat it as big a deal, because what we know about hockey is they never, ever want to compliment themselves. But the guy who's going to do it in hockey is a bit of an anomaly. Ovi. Yes. Like, I think Ovi will buy into the hype. You think? I think if there's a guy, thank God it's Ovi. Thank God it ain't Sid, is what I'll say. <laughs> well, yeah, so... Sid would refuse to acknowledge it until post-game where he'd... And God bless him for this. He, he'd do a little lap around the ice. He'd raise a stick up, and it would be very nice. I feel Ovi's like... going to be good with pause in the game. Bring out Ovi Jr. Like, it's going to be great. Yeah, probably. But I still think that they just... I definitely agree I with know, you at the core different. of what you're saying. Well, like, I'm just thinking about I, Ovi exclusively right now. I'm th- you're But even Ovi, even Ovi, like listen to what LeBron James had to say. Okay, this is what he had to say about himself after the game and about, you know, the conversation whether or not he's he's, he's the greatest of all time and the goat and you know, so this is what he had to say. Why don't we play that here? I think it's great barbershop talk. It's um, it's going to happen uh, forever and ever. You know, if I was the GM or, or whatever the case may be of a, of a franchise that was starting up and I had the number one pick, I'd take me. But that's just me because I believe in myself. I know what I bring to the table and, and, uh, and change my game if I needed to or just improve my game. But that don't take away from nobody else. I mean, so many great players has played this game and has, you know, has a last long legacies in, 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 this, in, this, in this game. Uh, this NBA is a beautiful thing and it's been some, some beautiful players to play it. But I, would, I can't take nobody over me. Like, I just can't imagine Ovi McDavid said, saying anything to the effect of that. Neither can I. Uh... Like, at the All-Star game, they were trying to interview Kale McCarr, and they were kind of trying to have some fun just talking about the rivalry between him and Adam Fox, two young defensemen in the league. He went to UMass, and Adam Fox went to Harvard. They played at, uh, in, in college at times. Yeah. I think maybe UMass beat Harvard this year or something, or once when they played. And like he, they tried to, I don't know, get something out of Kale McCarr, being like, oh, you know, those, those Harvard boys like, at Adam Fox, like, Oh yeah, you know uh, he's a great player. That's a great team. You know, oh, you sometimes know. they would win, sometimes we would win. It, it was always fun though. But I got nothing but respect for those guys. Like, dude, just just come out and be like enigmatic. 
You know yeah. what I mean? Like these guys, there's just no personality there. Where in the NFL and the NBA, there's so much personality. And we sit here and we, we kind of, we, we, we don't like when the NHL doesn't rally around their stars, right? Like they Is don't that, market yeah, their stars that, properly. But then also when their stars do seem like too into themselves, there is an older guard in media that works in hockey, that watches hockey, that's like, that's not hockey. So you're talking about John Tortorella. I'm not talking about him specifically. But like John Tortorella. What's the cronies. opposite of a crony? Well, like John. Well, like what his version of cronies. Is it oh, the tortellinis? The, oh wow, the tortellinis. <laughs> is the cronies? that is way better than whatever joke you tried to make off the top. Is the, the cronies and the tortellinis the biggest beef in hockey? Yeah, probably. But you I know what I mean. So. Like we're, we test? push you and I, A, B, and Julia, the people of Bardown, the people of like BR Open Ice. Um, I'm thinking of like newer, younger. Yeah, yeah. Like you know what new I mean? Media, new, new age media. People members. pushing personalities, right. people per- pushing content, people pushing guys to have their own brands. Like, we, we understand. But I still think there's a big difference between on ice brand and off ice brand. Right. Like, I think that we talk about, yeah, like Matthews, go get it. Be in whatever commercial you want to be in, be in GQ. Get your bag, King. That's cool. But also back it up on the ice and and talk about it on the ice. Like that's right. the thing with LeBron James. Like LeBron signed a billion dollar Nike deal, right? We know what he's all about. He goes and he gets his bag off off the court. Yeah. But then he also makes you know I am the greatest when he's on the court, not with his play, but also with his words. Yeah. And he's like, I'm that guy. I am him. And he'll give you a bitey quote. Like it, it's. And, and, and that goes viral. Yeah. Like last night, that this went viral. We are playing this audio today on a Leafs hockey show because it went viral, and it's not something that we ever hear in the NHL. Yeah. Ever. So, like, I know we, 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 we poke fun at the NHL. The point that I was getting at is we poke fun at the NHL for not marketing their stars. But I think the players deserve some criticism for not marketing themselves either. And, and that's not by not parti- uh, participating in some off the ice stuff, it's literally on the ice. Yeah, I, I think Zegers does a really good job, right? I think that he he's somebody who definitely walks the walk. In yeah, terms of, like he's had some really funny. And interviews. every older guy in the league wants to beat his wheels off. Right. Yeah. For, you know what I mean? Uh, it's that's just for like, like him being stepping just like a out of the stepping trickster. out of the but norm is is hard in hockey. It, it is. It's, yes. I don't even know if I could point to any individual player and put onus on the player. It's like the culture that they've grown and I'm not saying anything dark or hockey culture no, no, right no. now. We talk about it a lot, but I just mean there is definitely a uh my boyfriend talks about it all the time. He plays lacrosse in the summer and he goes to lacrosse, he has a ton of fun, but when he goes to hockey he feels a, an obligation to be a little bit more serious uh and a little bit less flashy and, and talk about himself a little bit less. And I think that's just the the I'm looking for a word, the code. The hockey code. Mm. To not boost yourself too much, to never think you're that you're bigger than the team and and when somebody does step out of the lines like that and, and act like maybe they are bigger than the team it's it's often regarded of Ugh, that's not very hockey just not a hockey guy yeah it is a problem though in the end like that's a problem to me yes yeah it's a problem i, I think it's a problem if like the you league wants to grow at all? like do you see it changing though well i see it i see it in the younger guys in the league being a little bit more willing to step outside the lines like i see it in in zegris i see it in jack hughes i see it in these i see it even in someone like we talk about harbor jack guy a lot but but there is something to be said about a young guy who who walks in and is like i'm not scared to fight big guys because before it probably would have been a respect thing for a first guy first year guy in the league to come in and like it, it would be disrespectful for even 
for him to even challenge some of the guys that he's challenged so far. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so I think I do see it shifting in that younger generation of players, and I think it's something that's going to continue to evolve over time as some of the older guys in the league retire and such. Like, there's, there's two kind of separate, gener- maybe even three generations of players right now in the NHL, and, and one, the oldest generation and the youngest generation are, like, totally different worlds. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. Hopefully, like, that. at the end of the day, if you want to grow this game, it's in particular down the States, I, the way to do it is by... The, like the players have to be likable, and they have to make you want to to watch. Yeah. Right. Like they they just have to make you want to do it, and I think it's eighty percent just the product on the ice. But I think there's still a pretty big segment of it is what you're saying in the media, the viralness that you can create with what you're talking about, the controversies. Like that's I think what makes the NBA and and uh, the NFL so polarizing. I mean. Bo Horvat signed extension the other day in, in New York. It was news for about seven minutes because then they traded Kyrie Irving. But it wasn't like like Kyrie Irving, sure, it's, it's the player, right? Like it's a really good player getting traded away. But that's not what people were talking about. They're talking about how controversial this guy is. Yeah. And, and that's what drove a lot of the d- discourse around Kyrie Irving. It wasn't how's he going to fit on, and how's he going to play in Dallas. It was, well, how is he going to... You know, how does he feel about going into Dallas with Luca? How's Luca yeah, going to handle have, bringing we in don't his know personality? Anything about the drama of the, the, the back nothing. Scene, they don't tell you stuff. anything that goes on in the NHL. It's all kept in behind doors. Yeah, they won't even say a hand. It's always an upper body injury or a lower body. I mean, there's so much secrecy, and it's, it's different. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, let's. Uh, well, I guess we we're talking about Kale McCarr a little bit. Why don't we come back? Because Kill McCarr took a hit last night from from Jeff Carter and a little bit of a greasy one. Jared Bednar talked about it. Um, Kill McCarr talked about it. So why don't we come back and get into that a little bit? Uh, and also we got uh, Shana Goldman joining us in the one o'clock hour. So lots of stuff coming up on the show. I'm Mike DeStefano with Julia Tashiri. Listen to Leafs Lunch here on TSN 10:50. This is Leafs Lunch on TSN 10:50. The Leafs live here. Just watch me dance. He skated right to his head. That's what I saw. I mean, did the ref give any explanation? No, I didn't even talk to the ref. Leafs Lunch is brought to you by Vanilla Visa prepaid cards available for purchase at Petro Canada. The perfect gift for any occasion. Leafs Lunch on TSN 1050. Uh, Julie Tashiri and Mike DiStefano with you. Shana Goldman will join us just after 1 o'clock. But that was Jared Bednar talking about, yeah, that greasy hit from Jeff Carter last night on Kale McCarr. Uh, what did you think, A.B.? I thought it was um, just a blindside hit. Probably not as malicious, maybe, as it was set out to be, but definitely not a, a legal hit. Yeah, I don't think he meant to... Like, yeah, there was no maliciousness behind it, but, like, it's a fast game. And, and like, that's what happens, down. right? Yeah. Guys kind of moving in, in different directions, and, yeah, when your head's kind of poking out there. I, I, I did think Kill McCarr, who had something to say on it, was... Pr- like, I probably aligned more so with him, because um, they were told, like, apparently... The ref said that they had just ran into each other, and Kel McCarr said, I don't know how that's possible. He was coming down the ice. Yeah, McCarr was like at a standstill. Yeah, like they were both going in, basically chasing a puck in behind the net, and 
I don't. Yeah, it, it, it's it's not a good look for uh, for Jeff Carter. Like it's just a it's a, it's a tough play. Um, like he's happened. I I don't believe that I, I didn't see that there was going to be any suspension or anything like that. I don't know if he has a meeting with player safety about it. Um, but certainly, like those are just the type of hits that are extremely unfortunate that you just you do want out of the game. But this is hockey and, and things happen. It goes fast. Like it, well, that's it, right? Like it is. It is a very fast game, and and just this stuff does happen um i don't know like, why so unique. like people are texting us kind of about the conversation we were having on the other side like uh like kind of us confusing personality with being arrogant and like i get that not everybody's into the way just to go back to the lebron i'm about to do a big yeah. circle loop to what we're talking about so just okay. bear with me here. Right. the way that the nfl is sorry the nhl is never going to be like the other big four sports uh the personality thing is one. Yeah, yeah, I'm just reading through texts. Yeah, not a bunch of LeBron fans in our text, but I, 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 I don't think that the NHL is ever going to be exactly like the NFL or the but NBA. But guess what LeBron does? Wins. Well, okay, sure. Makes a bajillion dollars. Sure, but what does he do for the NBA? Grow, like a ton of free marketing? Grows the sport. Yeah, you're right. So you can hate him as much as you want, but he grows the sport. Is yeah. it, I mean, you can talk about the skill level. I think LeBron James, is he the greatest player to ever play basketball? Perhaps. I think you can make the same argument about, about Connor McDavid. Yeah. But one guy moves the needle more than the other. If you want to call that arrogance, whatever. But at the end of the day, what it does is it grows the sport. And that's what we need in hockey is someone who can move the needle right. and someone who can grow the sport. But I guess I guess like if I'm thinking of this from the perspective of people who are texting us right now you and i like really want to grow the sport for an average day-to-day hockey fan they're probably like eh, I, i'm a hockey fan and i like watch like but, but a again, lot of people like growing the sport isn't as big as a concern i'm, I'm just like that's kind I of devil's advocate yeah, you and, and i care right. about I right, growing the sport but not everybody really does they don't but i think it's just because they don't realize how much better it could be if you grow the sport yeah like look the reason why the nba and the nfl are these big entities and why they can make all these big elaborate moves is because, well, there's more money to be made. Yeah. Right? Like, and more money, higher salaries means that you don't have to let Zach Hyman walk. Right? You don't have to let every free agent walk. We don't have to sit here and, and squeeze pennies. The reason why the trade deadline this year is, has been so quiet is why no teams have cap space. How do you get cap space? By generating more money. How do you generate more money? Well, by growing the league. Like, you may not understand or you may not think about it in those terms that growing the league is best for the on-ice product, but at the end of the day, it is. It's not about putting more money in the owner's pockets. Yeah. Right? That's not what it's about. It just makes the overall product better. Right. And I think the NHL lacks the... Not that they lack the willingness to do that, but they, they don't want to do... They don't execute what is necessary, I think, in today's culture... To grow the game, give to the a players tools in order to understand like how to market themselves, how to I don't know. Yeah, I, I agree with you. The other thing that I was just thinking about that's always going to different, and this is going to be like, duh, it's always going to differentiate hockey. And I've heard the guys on Overdrive talk about this too, which is kind of what reminded me the fact that there's always going to be glass, like there's always going to be a separation between the fans and the course of play. Which creates like it's yeah, it's more different than you're closer you're closer to the course of play in the NHL than any other sport. Basketball, okay. Basketball, you're you're close also than football. I'll say than football. Yeah, football. There's something a little bit more intimate about it in the way that the guys are on the 
uh, on the sideline and they could like look up and talk to a fan. Like they're more inclined to do that mid game, and of course they're not. It's different in that they don't play shifts, and it, so hockey's so unique in so many ways. Like. But I think if it, what what I was more so getting at, I guess, when I say like you're close in any other sport, like a lot of the game is played along the wall, yeah. right? And that's right in your face, true. Right, basketball mainly played in the center center of the court, true. And now we see like but. some interactions pregame with the like, oh, play me rock paper scissors for your stick, but like <laughs> that took until like 2019 to kind of come into yeah. play. Usually it was like, don't look up, don't look up, pretend that the fans aren't there, yeah. Kind of vibe from the NHL. So I think it's always going to be different and. In tying it back to that Kale McCarr hit, saying, like, it's not a kind of hit you can have in hockey. Like, there's some things about hockey that fundamentally are going to be hard to take out because you're going really fast on ice and there's hard boards involved. Like, there's gonna, yeah. hockey's always going to be a, a Physical sport. dangerous sport. You can yes. put it in as many safeties as you want with hockey, unfortunately. Sometimes that sort of thing is going to happen. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's... If it loses its physical, I mean, there's there's the argument last week. But even that- if there was no physicality in hockey, even if like okay, it's the apocalypse, hitting's banned forever. Okay. Uh, like somebody could blow a tire at the goal line and break their leg. Like it's well, a dangerous yeah, they, sport. I mean, it, it happens in well. There's always danger in in, in everything yeah. that you do, I suppose. But. I don't know. I, like there was the argument last week that the TV ratings go down, and and you know it's because the physicality has been taken out of the game. The interest levels drop because people aren't as interested because the they love going to see the big hits and see the yeah. fights, and we don't see that as often as we do anymore. Like I mean, and it's it, to an extent, uh, it, it's a very valid thing to say. I mean, how many people were talking about the Jacob Truba hit yesterday? Uh, a lot of people. Yeah. A lot of people. Not only the Jacob Truba hit, but also the fights that ensued from those hits. Yeah, you're right. Right? Like it's always a conversation. Who scored the like game winner happened. in that game? Well, I know because I'm a laughy stand, but come on. But I, I didn't hear not one person talk about Alexi Lafreniere scoring an overtime game winning goal in that game. Not one person you're that right. I hear talk about that. You're right. And honestly, the only it's been discussion, such a tough year for him. Like he needed that love. Oh, I know. Like, it was great. Philip Hedo was terrific. Like yeah. that kid line, they played terrific. They they were great. But what sucked up all the headlines? The, the brawls. Hits, the brawls. The the and that's that's kind of what people want to see. It's what they like about hockey. It's it, it was somewhat known as a barbaric sport. Like it it really really was, and that's what attracted some of the the fans, especially down south. Like I've talked to a lot of Americans. And they, they loved that aspect of hockey because you don't quite get that. You can't just drop the mitts and you can't randomly start fighting somebody in the NBA. You can't randomly start fighting people in the NFL. I'm not saying I agree with being able to fighting. I, I wish fighting itself probably was out of the league. But when it comes to the big hits like the choo-choo trooper train, give me that every single game. I want those big hits in the game. Nice, clean body checks. This one last night, you don't want to see that, right? You don't want to see yeah. Jeff Carter and, and, and you know the, the side swipes and some of the dirty things that we've seen along the way. Like, Rafi Torres had a really bad reputation of some dirty hits. We all, all you know, remember you know Steve Downey in behind the net jumping. Over. Like, there's some guys. Matt Cook was known as a little bit more of a, a greasy, dirtier player. But a, a, something like Jacob Truba, where you can like that guy should honestly put on a clinic. Here, here's how you hit people because that could potentially do a little bit better to grow the game too. In New York, like have more. Come to Jacob Truba's hitting camp. Why for not? Two weeks, all Why you kids not? of New York. That'd Let's be awesome. send Justin Hall and Timothy Lilligren over there, and we can get our own Choo Choo Truba trains. Yeah, and, uh, Sandian doesn't have to go. He's trucking guys out there. <laughs> yeah, sometimes. I'm just kidding. Sometimes. Yeah, but he does lay a big one every now and then. I, I just. I don't know. The, the game, to me, it's really interesting because, on one hand, I like the entertainment level. 
Yeah. But on the other hand, like I think there needs to be some more controversy within a positive controversy. <laughs> There's been plenty negative controversy in the NHL. More positive controversy in the NHL that that just gets more clicks, more yeah. eyes, more listens, more like thoughts. the Sid versus Obi. That was great back in the day. That's great. But now it's changed to like no more. It's just, oh, everyone loves Sid and everyone loves Ovi. Like there used to be more of now a they're, they're, passion. They're, they're an old married couple. It was supposed like, to be Ovi. Uh, or, sorry. It was supposed to be like Austin and McDavid going back and forth every year. And like, eh, it's just McDavid, McDavid, McDavid. No controversy there. It's unanimously McDavid. Yeah. That guy's unreal, though. <sighs> yeah, that McDavid guy, pretty good at, good at hockey. Yeah, pretty good at hockey. Also, uh, Jack Campbell won his eighth straight game. Line. I know. The Oilers are coming back, aren't they? They've been on a heater. Yeah, I've got a take on the Oilers. Why don't we break, and I'll come back. I'll let you know my take on the Oilers. And then we'll ask Shayna what she thinks about it as well. Okay. She's going to join us in about 10 minutes. And we got Word Association Wednesday also at 1.30. It's become, uh, quickly become one of our favorite segments that we do each and every week here. Uh, I'm Mike DiStefano with Julia Tichere. You listen to Leafs Lunch here on TSN 1050.